Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Dirt Radio, a program about grassroots activism run by Friends of the Earth on 3CR. We're broadcasting from beautiful Wurundjeri country in Collingwood, Victoria. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. I'm Claude Galois, a volunteer at Friends of the Earth. And I'm Jay Iwasaki, another volunteer at Friends of the Earth. And today we are here with Haya from Friends of the Earth, Netherlands. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be here. And Haya, tell us a little bit about you and um, your kind of role at uh, Friends of the Earth, Netherlands. Sure. Uh, thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be here. It's my first time in Australia. Beautiful, beautiful country. And thank God it's sunny here. It's very cold in the Netherlands. Um, and yeah, I've been uh, doing this storytelling project um, about local resistance against new oil and gas projects by Shell. Uh, because my NGO, so Friends of the Earth Netherlands, is called Milieudefensie over there. Uh, and we sued Shell for their uh, responsibility in worsening the climate crisis. Shell has been aware of their impact on the climate crisis for several decades. They even made a very ironic film about it. Um, and we won this court case. And the judge, uh, their verdict was quite clear. Uh, Shell has, um, has to reduce their CO2 emissions with 45% in 2030, relatively to 2019. And the judge pretty much said that, you know, what we're saying is not an opinion. We are right. Shell is worsening the climate crisis with all of their projects, and they are threatening human lives in the process. That's right. Yeah, I was reading about that. And there were several other organizations and what over 17,000 plaintiffs included. Exactly. Yeah. So those are represent, representing, co-representing all those other people. Do, who who are some of the other organizations? So some of the other organizations were Action Aid and Greenpeace and several NGOs based in the Netherlands. Um, and then a lot of Dutch people joined um, at the court as well. Yeah. Um, the court ruling shows that the climate crisis is not a climate fantasy, it's climate reality. And with this court ruling, we have the power to continue suing companies that are um, damaging our planet, that are violating human rights to yeah, take them to court and make sure that this stops from happening. And I think it's really important that governments around the world, in the Netherlands and Australia and everything in between, uh, also take responsibility to put the laws and legislations in place for these fossil fuel companies to stop and also to stop subsidizing the fossil fuel industry. Mm. Yeah, very true. And I guess in, in all of your, I guess, this project and doing these travels, you get to see the um, impacts on communities that are often the most at risk, especially uh, down here in the Southern Hemisphere, the Pacific Island nations are going to be the ones hit first and hardest. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Australia is known as land of extreme heat and climate variability, which only becomes more variable. Um, yeah, how, do, how have you kind of internalized that as well, just when you have been traveling around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really incredible to do this project, and I definitely see it as a privilege to be able to see and learn so much. 
And at the same time, it's so depressing because you see all of these beautiful people with beautiful families uh, being affected by it. And, and you're right, um, people of color, First Nations people, women are affected first and hardest by the dangerous consequences of the climate crisis. And it's been really difficult to witness that and at the same time also um, inspiring and empowering to see all the different forms of activism that are popping up now like people are using more like aspects of theater and art and there's a lot of like artivism happening now which is also another great way of storytelling to tell the story of the climate through art and to see how far and wide the climate movement is because I, th I, I think I can assume all of us are a little bit in our own bubble and like all of the other activists are our friends and our friends are activists but this is happening all over the world like I could copy paste our community in any other country and so many people are fighting uh, for this and I think it is really important to remember that they are few and we are many cool that's awesome um, and I understand that you're kind of yeah continuing this campaign against Shell. Um, could you tell us a bit more about this um, storytelling that mm -hmm. you're doing and where else have you been around the world to yeah. share these stories? Yeah, of course. So we won the court case in 2021 uh, and we noticed that um, Shell is knowingly continuing to threaten human lives and not really changing their course at all, uh, which is an affront to the ruling, of course, but also a slap in the face of all those communities that are affected by uh, Shell's activities. Uh, so we decided, OK, we have to build pressure on Shell to really um, stop these new projects and listen to the verdict of the judge. Um, but also we wanted to put a human face on CO2 emissions. Because CO2 emissions, you know, we talk about it a lot as activists and what exactly does it mean? How does it affect our lives? So we decided to um, to collect data via this organization called Rijstad, because it's not openly available. So to collect data together with Oil Watch International from Rijstad about um, Shell's projects. And then we found out that they are actually planning 750 new projects all around the world, of which one is even planned until 2091. And when you let that sink in, that this gigantic oil and gas company is planning projects until 2091 in the middle of a climate crisis, it's, it's incredibly painful and depressing and um, just the, the harmful effects that that's going to have on nature, on animals, on our lives as well is tremendous. Um, so we decided to visit some of these projects um, where there is local resistance because all around the world people are fighting Shell. And um, as an intersectional climate activist, it's also really important to elevate oppressed voices and to to amplify uh, their voices and, and give their story a stage. So that's what we did. So in the beginning of the year, I visited Argentina. There are massive pro protests happening there. Every fourth of the month, there's a massive climate march all throughout Mar del Plata. Uh, that's a city on the coast where Shell is planning some offshore drilling that's going to affect yeah, the livelihood of the people there. People have grown up in that town, their children are growing up there, um, and it will affect fishery because these uh, uh, drilling platforms will kill 
ocean life and it will also affect tourism because you know the beaches will be polluted with oil and then tourists won't want to you know put their towel there and go on a nice sunbathing vacation um so people are protesting there every month and we recorded their stories and uh, then we went to the uk uh, where there is really severe and rapidly uh, uh, increasing coastal erosion and people are literally losing their houses in the sea um, because you know the fossil fuels are increasing uh, at the, the temperatures in the water and the water level and um, it also makes more storms to happen which I learned also happens here in Inverloch, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Um, and we met there uh, a person called Lance who, in the middle of the night, had to like chainsaw half of his house off because it was hanging over a cliff because the ocean was just eating the the coast away. And he was like, okay, either I chainsaw half of my house off and and lose the living room, or I'm gonna lose all of my house. So he he actually mm. like did that. And oh my goodness, that's so scary. Yeah, really, really scary and for, of so many stories that I've collected this year I really got goosebumps and now we're here uh, mm. so yeah wow and just back to the court case as well um was that the first court case that was won against such a big kind of organization oh I would love to have the answer to that question um it is historical I don't yeah. I don't know if it has ever happened before on this scale yeah I feel like I remember hearing that do you mm. do you know Jay um I don't know it, it does remind me a bit of the uh, the old tobacco lawsuits mm-hmm. uh, against the large tobacco companies mm-hmm. in the US where they had all the research going back decades and the health effects of cigarettes and smoking mm. and they were covering it up and advertising to the opposite and so they're actually liable and that's the same. Um, for these fossil fuel companies that they do know from mm. independent research and mm-hmm. and publicly available research that yeah. they are um, responsible. And there's a liability issue. Um, I was wondering what really the enforcement for the court ruling could be because if Shell just, I don't know, just continues on and doesn't have some kind of enforcement mechanism, then, yeah, like all those projects can just keep going ahead. Yeah, that's exactly what Shell is doing now. They're just continuing these projects as if there never was um, a verdict. And I think we have to wait for the higher appeal to know if there's going to be any enforcement. I hope there will be. And it would also be interesting to see in what form that then will happen. Because, of course, a fine, they're not going to care about that because they have billions. So they they won't, you know, have a bad night of sleep over that. Mm. Mm, Totally. Um, thank you so much for sharing those stories with us as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's really, um, at, as much as it's heartbreaking, it's also great to see that there's communities all across the world who are pushing back against Shell um, mm-hmm. and continuing to do that. That's really cool. Um, and can you tell us a bit more about um, your work here in Australia? Um, does mm-hmm. Shell have any projects here at the moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually they do. Um, do you know about Woodside? 
Yes, I've heard a little bit, but mm-hmm. tell us more. Yeah, so uh, Woodside, their headquarters is actually located in Perth in, in West Australia. And they have this project in uh, Murujuga land, so in the Burt Peninsula up north. And um, this project is funded by six different companies, and Woodside is the one that's running it. And one of the companies that's funding it is Shell. They own 16.7% of this project. Um, and they found like a massive gas field there, and they want to drill and and get all the gas out Um, and the projects there are also damaging uh, the local ancient rock art of the local traditional custodians in this area Um, and this is something that we see all around the world how Shell's projects are often on stolen indigenous land how they are affecting like cultural heritage and um, affecting human lives affecting biodiversity um, killing ocean life or um, causing deforestation and that is something that we want to raise awareness about and we're now here in Australia to uh, show the tremendous effects of the climate crisis because Australia is is a country with already quite a complicated climate but then also the effects of the climate crisis are very severe here like the the images of the Black Saturday forest fires went all over the world we've all seen like the the fires here the houses lost the screaming koalas like I I remember that as if it was yesterday and I just saw it on the news Um, I wasn't you know here so I cannot imagine what it was like for like Australians to experience that Uh, so we've been interviewing people about this we've been interviewing people about how you know the dangerous consequences of the climate crisis has affected their lives and what they're doing against it so we've been interviewing uh, campaigners from Friends of the Earth uh, Australia and also rebels from Extinction Rebellion who've been protesting last week that's awesome very cool Um, yeah what how long have you been with Friends of the Earth uh, I started with Friends of the Earth Netherlands uh, three and a half years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And wh- what was your background before then? So before that, I was actually traveling around the world for three years to visit local indigenous communities and a permaculture project and um, do reforestation project in the Amazon rainforest. Cool. Because before that, I used to work for Greenpeace, which was amazing. And it was my dream job that I got right after uh, studying, halfway through studying, actually. And I was doing that and it was amazing. But then I was also like, how can I really support local indigenous communities and fight for the Amazon rainforest if I've never been there and if I haven't worked with those people? And mm-hmm. I wanted to get like a deeper understanding so I could be a better intersectional climate activist. So yeah, right. that's what I did in between. So Australia is a very unique case, I guess, um, the, especially with um, a lot of the indigenous communities in the in Western Australia. Definitely. Yeah, I think Australia is a unique land. I mean, you have unique flora and fauna, which is amazing. Like seeing kangaroos and koalas is incredibly exciting for someone who's not from here. So it's a beautiful and unique place in the world. And as someone who has traveled a lot, that is something that I I feel and resonate with deeply, that this earth is so beautiful and we should do everything and anything within our power to protect her. Um, did you see the ABC kind of, um, it was a bit of kind of like an insight into Barrett Pub and it followed some of the activists who were campaigning against and doing like um, direct action against yeah. Barrett Pub? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was, yeah, that definitely caused a bit of a stir here because I think in the end the police asked the ABC to 
give them all of that footage, mm-hmm. um, which is, yeah, which is puts everyone in a tricky position. Um, and have you been um, able to connect with any First Nations people in that kind of borough pub area? We were really short on time, which is not the best timeline to have. Mm. Um, so uh, we have spoken to some people, but all like off the record. Yeah. And it was really uh, difficult to to do that on this short of time notice. So we've mostly focused on um, the stories that we found in Melbourne and the people that we were able to work with here. Totally. And it definitely mm. takes time to like connect and build relationships with First Nations people like you don't want to just like jump in and jump Mm -hmm. out yeah exactly I think when working with indigenous people around the world it's very important to focus on relationship building Mm. you know to uh, come from like a European based NGO and like everything that has happened from like European nations around the world like it's really important to be sensitive to this and to take the time and like educate yourself to like really connect with these communities so we we had the time to do that in argentina so there we've spoken to like several uh, first nation communities to the warani and the mapuche people for example and they've explained also to us like how their um communities and their culture is affected by by the climate crisis and by these fossil fuel companies because mm-hmm. like i said they often operate on um often unrecognized indigenous grounds yeah totally um and so you're collecting a bunch of stories. How are you sharing these? Is it through like mm-hmm. photos, videos, mm-hmm. social media? What are your ma- or is it like a combination of these things? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do all the things, and I keep on saying we, but it's it's mostly just me and the filmmaker. Um, uh, but yeah, we take photos and uh, videos, and we are making like a short video series. So we have like. Uh, videos of three minutes like three videos of three minutes of the stories in Argentina two minutes two videos of three minutes of the stories in the UK and we're going to do the same here in Australia and then we also did like a photo storytelling campaign where we uh, took photos of all of the activists and the indigenous people that we interviewed and shared them with quotes so we're also doing a social media campaign that way and we have the ambition to next year wrap it all up with a photo exhibition and um, also do some like screenings of the videos with a Q&A to really like also engage in conversation about it because we've seen that with everybody who has seen all of the um, stories that we've shared now in articles, blogs, and in the uh, video series that a lot of people are surprised by it, which Mm -hmm. is really interesting to see that like people in the Netherlands would comment like, wow, you know, a farmer in Argentina is experiencing the same thing as I am. And like, you know, people in the UK and Australia are just as concerned about it as me. And it's like a revelation to them. They're like, wow, we should really work together. And that has been the call of like local groups in the global South as well. Like we need to be in solidarity. Solidarity between the North and the South is key. We need to work together because we have the tools we have the knowledge, you know, we have everything happening here and court cases happening there. So let's work together to fight this. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like there's so many parallels around the world of communities pushing back against the fossil fuel industry and yeah, being able to share those stories and those um, campaign resources and Mm -hmm. learning from each other's mistakes, learning from each other's victories, Mm -hmm. like working together is awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's great that we have so much opportunity to do that through yeah, having access to to online platforms where we can kind of share that share that knowledge for sure there's so much to learn from each other and i feel we could do that a lot better um hmm. 
uh, as well still. We, yeah. we should connect more internationally. Um, it was really interesting also to follow Extinction Rebellion here in Melbourne because I'm a part of Extinction Rebellion in the Netherlands as well. And I told them, for example, about how to remove the super glue. And they were like, oh, we had no idea. And I'm like, oh, it's so common to, 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 I won't say on the radio what it's like in case the police is listening. But um, yeah, you know, we could definitely like learn from each other. Yes. And yeah, we should do that more. Absolutely. Cool. And yeah, all those links will be up uh, on the podcast page for Dirt Radio on 3CR. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I guess um, if our listeners are wanting to help kind of like amplify these voices, mm-hmm. um, is there a way that they can do that mm-hmm. most effectively? Yes. The best thing to do would be to share the, the stories, to share the videos of the story. So we'll be sharing everything on uh, the Instagram page and the website of um, Friends of the Earth Netherlands. So we call that Defensie, which is M-I-L-I. E-U-D-E-F-E-N-S-I-E, but maybe you can put up the link. Yes, <laughs> totally. Is that the handle, like at? At, yeah, yeah. at Moya Defensi. Cool. Yeah. All right, yeah. we'll definitely put that in the, the episode <laughs> yeah. notes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, what are you going to do with the rest of your trip here? So the work part is almost over. Tonight I'm going to give a presentation at the Friends of the Earth uh, office here and, and talk with them about my work and about how to uh, sue um, companies because we're actually continuing this uh, really great too of like su- suing the companies because we're going to sue a company in the financial sector next year because uh, a lot of financial organizations are funding fossil fuels so that's going to be our main focus next year uh, and then I'm free and then I want to see some more nature so I'm going to take the ferry to Tazi because I've heard great things about it. Nice. That sounds great. Yeah. Wonderful. Hopefully the weather cooperates with you. Yeah we'll see. <laughs> I'll pray for it. Yeah. Yeah.